In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WABA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm Director of Ministry Relations for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Well, listen to this, folks. It's stuff you maybe know, but we need to hear often. That grace is when God gives us good things that we do not deserve. Mercy is when he spares us from bad things we do deserve. Blessings are when he is generous with both. Amen? Today we have the privilege of hearing the testimony of a life transformed. After years of running from God's purpose, the Lord met our guest in a psychiatric hospital. Wow, in some strange places, huh? Now he is ministering to others and sharing the story of God's grace and mercy in his life. And of course, Folks, if you've listened along, you know the drill. Here to get us started to introduce our guest for the day is my good friend, my co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. Brother, it's good to see you again, man. Hey, man, I can never get enough of talking about grace. This is going to be be great. You know, actually, in just a moment, I'm going to introduce you uh, to Pastor Donald Johnson, but the title of the book we're going to talk about today is called This Far by Grace. There's so much in that title I could talk about, but I love the implication that we still have farther to go. And even in the farther to go, whether we find ourselves listening today and we think that there's more sand in the bottom of our hourglass in the top, or we find that we feel like we have many, many, many grains of sand left to go, it is all by grace. We have, we've gotten here and where we will go. And I believe we're going to be challenged a lot today by hearing from Pastor Johnson. So let me introduce our guest uh, to our listeners today. Uh, Pastor Donald Johnson's a native New Yorker. He's a preacher, Bible teacher, evangelist, theologian, psalmist, author, and pastor to many. He has served the church, community, and incarcerated people now for more than 30 years. His mission is to explain the word, proclaim the truth, and help people be transformed by the good news. The name of our show, it's the gospel of Jesus. He's ministered in 26 countries, and he has a vision to help change the world by helping people change in anticipation of the day that Jesus does return. He's a graduate, Dallas Theological Seminary. He's a doctoral student at Southwestern Seminary, and he's the founder of Lifeline Ministries International, located in Maypearl, Texas. He resides himself in Texas. Uh, He enjoys education, travel, exercise, experimenting with health foods, vitamins. The man has a lot of stuff on his plate, but today, today, Dennis, he has us on his plate, and we get a chance to talk. Uh, So Uh, thank you, Pastor Johnson. Thank you for joining us today. Amen, and thank you for having me. Yeah. So I think hey, Brian, I us, think I know a song, by the way. Do you? The, We've come this far by a grave. Yes. Our listeners yeah. just turned down their knobs for the singing part of our show. <laughs> but the, the theology part of the show is, is really. Oh, man, I used to love you, man. Come really on. Good. Uh, really uh-huh. good. I love the fact that we can give each other a hard time. But what I was going to say just a second ago is, Pastor Johnson, all of us have moments 
where God either peaks into our life or and sometimes I feel like explodes into our life <laughs> through a scenario Amen. Amen. and grabs our attention. Any of us who have a relationship with Jesus Christ uh, who are listening to this show, either on podcast or on the radio, we can probably back up into our, you know, sort of for some of us who are older, the Rolodex of our mind instead <laughs> of the computer of our mind. Right. And, and, and put a date or a time or a moment. Man, this is where God got my attention for you. That was in the year 1989. So let's talk about that. How did God get your attention back there? Well, first of all, I got to say, Pastor Brian, I just got to, I want to sing, but Dennis has already made the segue, but amazing grace. Yeah. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that moment uh, that some people call it a Yahoo moment or mm-hmm. a, a, a whatever, I don't know what the term may be, but for me, it was in the Psychiatric Institute in 1989 on my third admission. You know, God is real. Uh, the reality of his presence is tangible and he has a way of shocking us into reality, even when we're in outer space someplace. Mm -hmm. And it was my third admission to the psychiatric hospital, Pastor Brian, and the young psychiatric social worker, I can still picture her today, 30 years later. I I think she was just discouraged, you know, by my third admission. And she looked me in the eyes as I walked through the doors uh, for the third time into New York Presbyterian Psychiatric Hospital. And she said to me, she said, Mr. Johnson, you have to get better. Mm. Right? That, was, that, that was shocking. That was shocking because now she's talking to, the, to a person who on the heels of uh, 21 years of drug addiction, um, identity crisis from the age of four, uh, a troubled youth, uh, having experienced incarceration, um, was homeless, and all of those sorts of things. But she challenges me with this suggestion, and more than a suggestion, actually, saying, you have to get better. And, and, and I, for some reason, in some way, somehow, and with the help of God and his grace, um, I, I had to say within my heart of hearts, yes, you're right. Yeah, it's amazing how God chooses moments and even people that we might not expect to grab our attention. Uh, You know, a a psychiatric nurse that maybe had zero connection at all with the relationship with Jesus Christ, but God used that person in that moment to, to, through a word to grab your attention. And you've kind of written these experiences down in your book entitled This Far by Grace. And I do encourage our listeners It's available at Amazon.com, and I'm sure any other places online, or if you live near a local bookstore, you can track it down there, at least have them ordered for you. Um, What you've already shared is enough, I think, for many people to go, that takes a lot of bravery or a lot of courage to share that on a radio show where thousands upon thousands of people can, can hear your story, and you can get deep into it, but you get even farther, and you write it down, going farther into your experiences, uh, talking about more about what's happened in your life and what God has done in your life, what prompted you to not just keep the story of God's grace in your life to yourself, but to write your experience down in the book? A couple of things. I got saved in a Pentecostal church 
Uh, we believed in the uh, power of the Holy Spirit and uh, the deliverance ministry that Jesus exercised uh, during his time on the earth. And our pastor, our bishop, used to always say to us, if God has done something in your life, you should stand up and share it. Mm. When God called me into the ministry, uh, Pastor Brian, there was one occasion that I was asked to speak in a local church. And I, I had become friends with the pastor. And uh, as I was preaching, I always share my testimony because we're overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And I shared how God had not only delivered me from 21 years of drug addiction, but also from a lifestyle of homosexuality that I embraced very early in life. And uh, yes, a lot of degradation and uh, abuse and a lot of things resulted from that particular decision. But at the end of that service, Pastor Brian, a mother came to me and said, Minister Johnson, I'm so, so glad you shared your testimony because I have a son who's struggling with his identity. And now I know that there's hope for him. So from that point forward, I decided that I would tell my story every opportunity I get and every place I go. There's this verse that I refer to from time to time, certainly on this show and often from the pulpit at Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, where I have a chance to serve. That kind of goes like this. Always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have within you. And the implication of that is that you are verbalizing and living out hope so that then people see it and hear the hope and then go, ah, what is that? And so, you know, living out, writing this book, This Far By Grace, putting it down that people can pick it up and, and read it. That's such a key aspect of, of sharing the hope of the gospel. But you're also uh, mentioned earlier on in your bio, uh, you, you're involved in Lifeline Ministries. If you want to find out more about that, you can go to lifelineministriesonline.com. Uh, it's spelled just like it sounds, lifelineministriesonline.com. And that's another place uh, that you are focused on with grace, focused on with life transformation because of the gospel. How did Lifeline Ministries get its start? Well, interestingly, uh, back in 2005, I um, God, well, even before then, a little before then, God had begun to stir up my spirit, Pastor Brian. I served diligently in the local church, which, you know, we love the local church and we serve there. Everything we do. Uh, in the kingdom uh, is nurtured and cultivated in the local church, but uh, God's intended that is that will spring out. It will go into uh, Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth is what the Lord commissioned uh, the disciples, the initial uh, disciples to do. So God began to stir my spirit um, to reach people outside of the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have to say, based on my struggles from being a drug addict, you know, running the streets of Harlem, New York, back in the 70s and 80s, and then being involved in abusive and uh, relationships and promiscuity. So there's no place that I, that I, I dare not go. Right. <laughs> you know, because so many of the places or types of places I have already frequented. So I, I, my, my heart got stirred to really um, reach people that don't know the Lord. And God opened the door for me to start ministering in a facility. The name of the facility was called Daytop. And the particular facility that God opened the door to, it uh, treated adolescent youths from the ages and, and young adults from the ages of 16 to 21 
who were involved in drug and alcohol rehabilitation and the criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. And that's how our ministry started, by sharing my testimony with those young people, by mentoring them in the ways of the Lord, teaching them the word, and praying, praying that they will understand that we are saved by grace uh, through faith and not of ourselves, but it is the gift of God. Amen. You know, uh, I hope certainly that people go to lifelineministriesonline.com and check it out. But in case, you know, they're listening right now and they, they need to get like a little bit more intrigued to go there. What are some of the outreach activities and things that, that you're involved in, your ministry is involved in, in making a difference? We've been involved in prison ministry for 30 plus years. Again, that was another door God opened. Um, Brian, I saw myself, uh, this was like my first or first year into the Lord. And when I really got serious with God, because initially um, I was visiting the church, you know, family was urging me to attend. Donald, you got to get saved. Your problem is not psychiatric. Your problem is spiritual. So at their urging, I began attending the church. But again, it was the third uh, after the third psychiatric hospitalization that I really got serious with the Lord. And um, early on, the Lord showed me in a vision myself, not dressed in street clothes like I had been, mm-hmm. but with a suit and a briefcase walking through the doors of the local or the county jail where I had served six months in the past. And I just knew beyond any shadow of a doubt that the Lord was calling me into prison ministry. So that's the first outreach that we did. Um, Later on, God began to stir me up some more and about traveling to different uh, areas and countries. And uh, we first ministered in 2004. We we held our first campaign in Jamaica, West Indies. And uh, 2005, I uh, asked my pastor, I said, you know, Bishop, God has called me to reach lost people. And will you release me from this local ministry? so that I can fulfill uh, my calling and my purpose that I have in the kingdom. And we begin to branch out even more. Now, it seems that COVID-19 has just hit every aspect of everybody's life. And and maybe there's an aspect that that we should bring out now, especially since you talked about working with those who are incarcerated and then working with their families. How have what is already a scenario where if someone's incarcerated and family's incarcerated, it's always a complicated, already a hard scenario. How was that complication? How have the needs grown in the midst of this pandemic we still find ourselves in? Yes. Well, in terms of incarcerated people, Brian, I really wish I could, could say, but I don't know because... Uh, the last time that I was in a local jail was the uh, second Monday or the second Tuesday in March mm. 2020. So it's been a whole entire year. Now, mind you, I'm the type of a prison uh, uh, ministry minister that's in the jails three, maybe four uh, times a week, maybe three or four different facilities. So it's been a hardship, but we know that God has placed dedicated and good chaplains in those different facilities. So we're praying for them. They're keeping in touch with us, giving us updates and things of that sort. And uh, we just hope and pray that the seeds that we have planted, um, that, you know, now is the time that that they can really, um, really grow. Like the scripture comes to my mind, Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So I'm always mindful of God's mercy and how it endures forever, even in the midst of COVID-19. 
And I think you brought out a wonderful point that maybe we wouldn't even think of is that one of the needs is that they find themselves even more isolated than, than they were before. Yeah. And certainly we know that God has never designed any of us to live in isolation, whether it's isolation because we're in our homes due to health issues or certainly whether we're in isolation uh, and we find ourselves in a jail cell because of other issues that yes. we're, we're meant not to do this. And it only makes it much harder. Now for the church and people who are saying, ah, all right, there's a calling there, something to do. How would you suggest that maybe they could better serve people that would be very easy, and I, I want to be careful how I say this, but very easy to say, I'm not going to serve them because I'm going to put them in a category of people who are doing it to themselves, right? So here's what I mean by that. Sometimes people look at people who are incarcerated or people who have addictions and that sort of thing. And instead of saying, but by the grace of God, I could have had some of the same challenges that that person had that led or convince them or tease them into making that decision. And, and so I'm grateful for that. But instead we, we look on them and the decisions that they make and we don't look at them the way Jesus would look at them. As we said there, how can we better serve the incarcerated, the addicted and, and people who find themselves with those types of struggles? Yes. Well, it's, it's important. And you actually laid out the framework. We have to see them as Christ saw them. Yes. Uh, the Bible says that God almighty God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I was reading an article just the other day, and the article was talking about canceled culture mm -hmm. and how the church itself has been, has played a huge part in canceling out culture because we cancel people. You, you know, if you, if you, if you've had identity problems or if you're struggling with your identity and you're involved in homosexuality or lesbianism or a transgenderism, then there's no place for you in the church. Oh, and God forbid if you've committed murder and you've served 25 years incarcerated and now you're being, no, you're going to have to find a place where your types of people go. Yeah. But Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I Will give you rest. I was reading this morning in the scriptures, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, where Paul talked about we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Amen. The excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. God is looking for people. You know, Brian, it's, when you go on the mission fields and you know you're used to running water in a shower with warm water, and you go to a place like the Philippines where you won't bathe for as long as you're there. You know, or they'll, they'll give you water, but you'll prefer uh, not to use it, you know, for whatever reasons. Or you go uh, to another region, maybe parts of Ghana, and there's no, there's no lavatory. You see what I'm saying? But God uses people. So when we can see beyond the circumstances, and when we can look at Jesus and follow his model, that, that and his love, mm. that for us to and to make disciples of all nations and that includes all people brian you that. may remember brother just recently by the way um just recently we had a guest on that said and pastor johnson you'll relate to this he said there's no such thing as god forsaken places there are only church forsaken places 
And so God doesn't forsake that. It's the church that has done that. And so um, we had a guest on that said that recently. So that reminded me of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's just a reminder that all means all. All means all in Greek. All means all in Hebrew. All means all in Aramaic. All means all in in English. All means all in Swahili. All means all. And um, just because we may have a discomfort in no way, shape, or form. Does that release us from the call of God on our own lives uh, and, and live that way? So um, there's so many things I, I would love to ask you, but I, maybe I just want to ask you this. Pastor Johnson, I love just the part that you've already shared about you know, incarceration, or you've hit on something that people don't like to talk about, uh, psychiatric issues in the church that we don't like to talk about, identity issues that we don't like to talk about, we like to avoid. And, and I, there's got to be a bunch of people right now who have listened to this show on the radio or hearing it on podcast, and they're identifying with one or maybe all of those things. And in the midst of that, they have felt hopeless. What would you say to someone who's feeling hopeless? right now about their situation, about their past, about their current situation? I would say that we must look to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Mm. Jesus lived. He died. He was resurrected. He ascended back to the father from whom he had been sent. That's right. And the Bible says that he is sitting on God's right hand and he's praying for us. Now, most of us know, or if we don't know, we can understand that prayer changes things. And if Jesus is praying for us, if God is for us, who can be against us? Mm-hmm. So I would you have to take the step. Thinking of the man who had been sick for 30 and eight years, Jesus commanded him, to take up his bed and walk. You know, Ryan, there's an old saying that the, the saints used to say, if you take one step, Jesus will take two. That's not in the Bible, but that's true. Yeah. Because we're called to walk by faith. We're called to believe in the Lord and uh, not live by what we see. Yeah. There's so much, again, we could talk. We're going to have to get him back on the show, Dennis. Man, there, there's, and I know your stories and your backgrounds. I know there's a lot of stuff that you'd like to walk down and talk about in the, in the power of grace. Um, and so please go check out the book, This Far By Grace on Amazon. Go to lifelineministriesonline.com. Go to their website uh, there, and you can find out more about an International Global Prayer Day coming up and how people can participate Uh, But hear the words of Pastor Johnson about the power of grace. Uh, I've been so encouraged. Thank you, Pastor Johnson, for for coming on. Thank you for sharing your heart. Thank you for sharing your story. And I, I will say this. There's a lot of people that want to talk about the grace that they've received, but are afraid to open up about the story that makes that grace so powerful. Thank you for your willingness to do that today. It has encouraged me, Dennis. I know it's encouraged you too. Amen. God bless you, my brother. Thank you so much for being with us here on WAVA and for sharing your, your story. Folks, you heard it. Brian laid it out for you. Let me say it one more time. Um, lifelineministriesonline.com, just like it sounds, just like it sounds. Lifelineministriesonline.com. And um, uh, 
Pastor Johnson's book, This Far by Grace, available on Amazon. So please check that out. I think there are going to be some tremendous stories in that. Also, you can go to goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or as always, you can give me a call at the radio station, 703-807-2266. That's 703-807-2266. And my favorite part of what we call the outro in radio is always when we say, I just want you all to remember on this day and always, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of good news for the city, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.